Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegla. Buddy, we were angry yesterday. We were, and it's a great <laughs> thing that happened probably for our hearts and, you know, our bodies that you headed down to VB for a show, thought you'd be back by about 1030, and then other things happen and you get caught. Because I think if this had been 24 hours ago, I think we probably would have ranted for probably two hours. You're probably going to get a slightly more uh, and thought out uh, breakdown here. Uh, you may not quite get the fire and brimstone that you would have got last night, but we're still plenty angry and you're going to see that come out here, ladies and gentlemen. So you're, let's we're, buckle we're plenty, up. We're plenty angry, but it's Sunday night. So we're not here having, you know, complimentary beverages and, you know, I'm having some water because we got to go to work tomorrow. You know, I'm still having have, one, but you know, you're having one. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm good tonight. I'm good tonight. When last night didn't happen, it's probably the best thing for my body. I went to sleep at a normal hour, got a good amount of sleep, um, you know, and compared to a normal Saturday where we would have talked, ranted, watched some late night football, but we didn't. So Easily 1 a.m. before we, we normally cash it in, guys. Easily, after, easily. after a Saturday rant, yeah. After a Saturday rant session, stay up watching football, but we didn't do that. But, you know, with the loss 27-21 to West Virginia, we got a lot to unpack, a lot. And it's it's primarily towards one side of the ball, but we're, we're not going to let the defense off the hook. They had their moments, especially in the first half. But, Brian, we sit here tonight, man, and we just got to straight up say it. This game was the story of three drives. Three drives inside the 10-yard line, nine-plus plays, zero points. Zero. Absolutely atrocious red zone offense for really the entire game. But in particular, I mean, those three drives were absolutely mind-numbing. And let's start with the first one. So, you know, we thought we – yeah, just before the half, this is after uh, Braxton Burmeister has an amazing – scramble gets outside breaks a tackle dies for the first down yep and here's where things get get hazy so first down we know what happened uh yep. we watched it it should have been a touchdown that the uh the, the back judge called it a touchdown then they got together they said no incomplete ball touched the ground review and i don't know how this crew comes back with not seeing definitively that that ball never touched the ground. I have no idea what they were looking at. Every angle I saw, the ball never touches. Hold on. This is why they did what they did, just looking at it yesterday. All right. If that was ruled a touchdown, whatever way they called it on the field was not going to be overturned. Because of the darkness of Tavion Robinson's gloves and the darkness of the ugly West Virginia end zone, and the way that ball came up, when they called it incomplete, they had the mindset of it hit the ground, that's why it popped up. That that had to be their mindset, right? That had it to had be, to be with I mean be, versus the versus, hands were underneath if, the whole time, but that's that's keep, neither here nor there. But if they keep it as a touchdown, then you sit here and say, 
Well, his hands are there. That's probably why it popped up. You can't say the ground popped it up because there was no definitive evidence. So what they did is they screwed us on that. If they called it a touchdown, it stands. We walk into yeah. halftime, 27-14. It's a lot different ballgame in the second half. Who knows how it turns out. Maybe we're not as angry right now, but we are. But that's what it was. Yep. So the review took – it felt like 10 minutes. It literally felt like 10 minutes, like – you know, what do we do here? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And then they yep. come back, call stands, no touchdown. Um, and then Neil Brown, which I don't have an affinity for not liking him. I liked him when he was at Troy. You like a guy less when they go to a rival school. Let's call three timeouts in a row. While we're just like. Not- yeah, I mean, that that was. So we, we lost about what six minutes on the review, maybe. Uh, then we yeah, had another, huh. we had another three or four minutes lost on the three timeouts. Then we finally line up, fucking false start. Backup five. <laughs> Not a shot there. Not. A and shot. then after all that, you know, we don't we don't get it on uh, on third. Nope. Go out to kick the uh, the field goal there. We're on the right hash, which. For whatever reason, John Parker Romo struggles from Can the right house, especially close up. He cannot hit them close. And my thought is he is a draw kicker, and he's aiming just on the outside of the pole expecting to draw back. John Parker, I need you to go to the golf course and hit a sand wedge this week. Or a half <laughs> wedge or a lob wedge. And try to turn that ball over. That ball will not turn over the way you normally probably – draw a ball that ball yeah. will draw only a little bit and that's what you're doing now i'm gonna put that on shabest because shabest could be kicking when he's sitting there like listen son you need to aim for the middle if you if you can duck hook that thing within 20 yards to the other side yep then like you shouldn't be kicking at all well, the- at, at this at this point i mean we've obviously seen that he has a tendency to kind of leave it right. So we, we got to make some adjustment here. And the fact that there hasn't been an adjustment make, made at this point is disappointing. Well, but, um, hold, on, hold on, hold on. It should go to the offensive coordinator who should have in the back of his head. He has struggled from the right hash. Maybe I should run something to the left hash to at least get us set up that way. Yep. But I don't, I don't think that guy thinks like that at all. So we missed the field goal. It's 24-7 at half. And – I mean, I think for the for majority of us, it's just the thought of this game's over. We almost like, yeah, pretty a lot of us had almost checked out. But if if we hadn't physically, we had more or less mentally checked out at that point. Um, yeah. Especially after we opened the second half, you know, defense does a good bend don't break act, but they still got another three to kind of start that off, and we're like, all right, well, they're still scoring. We're still not. This True. shit's gonna get ugly. And then we kind of get to the uh, the end of the third quarter, and uh, you know Blackshear has a good run down the sideline, gets in the yep. end zone just before the end of the third quarter, and now we got a got ourselves a you know ten point game. But but let's be honest though with that, Braxton Burmeister saved that drive, a twenty six yard scramble on third and twenty four. He doesn't do that. There's there's literally no pulse. We we probably go for it on like third and twenty. We run fourth and twenty. We run like a draw. You know, that's the way things seem to be shaping up nowadays. So he saves us. We get it in, like you mentioned, um, literally with one second left on the clock. 
and maybe a little hope, but you're still sitting here like, okay, yeah, that's great, but it's one quarter. We really haven't done much all day. Are we really going to get two quarters? Defense is playing better. Defense finally locked in, settled down a little bit. But then, you know, let's talk about it. The Barno, or excuse me, garbage sack, get the fumble. And, yes, here we go. We're going to drive. We're moving it. Brian, we start using all parts of the field. We start using some middle parts with Caleb, a little jet sweep. Little outside zone. It's like somebody was saying, Hey, let's mix these things up. Maybe we could actually get down and maybe we could score. Um and and then we get down. <laughs> and then the comedy of errors started. Yeah, I, I put what I put a WTF. What kind of play was that on first down after after the the after Jalen gets that huge gashing play? down to the six. It's like yep. they're on their heels. The only yep. thing you shouldn't do is give them a simplistic pl- – that's why I put a WTF play. Don't give them a simplistic play that will gather their momentum back. What do we do? Let's just run it right at them. Let's run it right at them. This is going to work. I mean, we struggled, we struggled with push up front most of the day, and – you know, we had we had an earlier one where it was it was fourth and one. We went for it, didn't get it. Like we we, oh. just, we couldn't sack up and get short yardage all day. Hold but on. let's Can we talk. Yeah, about I'll let that? you. I'll Can let you go on that, that one. It's fourth and one. You have Connor Blumrick, six foot five, two hundred twenty pounds, who the week before showed this can be done with him. Yep. You don't see him all day. That yeah, I really don't get that 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 design there, but. Let, let's finish up what we were talking about on the uh, on the fourth quarter drive here. Okay, uh, the, the big head scratcher is the is the uh, the third okay. down play call. Well, the second uh, down was okay. The second down, hold on, it was a fake jet, a little inside zone to get us down to the three on the far yep. right hash. All right, you got all this room left, but we're on the far right hash. You have all this room left. Pavian Robinson, great fade route. Trey on a great fade route, right? And, you know, I got to watch it after the fact. So I knew what was going to happen. But I'm sitting there and I'm seeing the setup. I'm like, you just, you just, you you put everybody in the boxes at the person you want and say, go beat your man. Instead, you try to explain this in all of your football experience, Brian, what happened. Well, the the thing they're doing, and the thing that the concept that they wanted to do is is something that w- has worked in the past when James Mitchell is in the game. James Mitchell is not in the game, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and when James when James Mitchell when they do this th- this jet sweep to the short side, what they usually have is James Mitchell in there, which means that the strength of the defense is away from where the play is going. That was not the case with Trey motioning into the backfield and then taking the jet sweep. We ran right into the heart of the defense. There were two players that were not even accounted for in the blocking scheme on that side of the defense, and it got absolutely blown the fuck up. My my biggest issue with that, Brian, is when Trey went set, it was still like that. They didn't move anyone. So usually it's a check, right? It's a check. To the you would, you would think you would think so. Yeah, it's like nah. We're gonna go. We're gonna go right at them. And you're sitting here and saying, like you said, you start counting players. There's like, there's two guys on block. There's there's two guys not accounted for in that scheme. 
how are we going to get this in? What probably should have happened in that case, I told you what my thought was. Again, we still had a guy single out. I think Tavion was high. Fake the jet motion. Try to run him on a slant or something where you hope that cornerback's eyes looks inside and he can't make the contact and he gets in, you throw a touchdown. Or yep. you'd ran jet sweep all day. Braxton Burmeister had not taken it one time. You know what? Everybody says, well, we got to, you know, we, we understand we need to protect him. In this case, it is less than two minutes to go. It's almost borderline a minute, right? Oh, no, no. This is the earlier one. This it's, is the early one. This is, a, I think, to go. It's three minutes left. It's not much time because of well, what's a little bit earlier than that. We, we actually scored with three minutes left. Um, okay. The, so uh, the host scores way. at three minutes. This was like five or five and a half. Okay. Either way, though. Either way. Yeah. You have a chance to get within one score. Yeah. They have shown you they're going to sell out. Pull it. Pull it. Just pull it. Or if nothing else, Brian. Be creative, right? Yep. You have team there. Fake the jet. Run an inside zone. Run a speed option left. The so- only time that we like had a design run for Braxton, it was that dumbass fourth and one. Everything else was either him yep. taking off. For whatever reason, we are not using the read elements of, of the read option. Uh, it looks like way, way, way too many times it, it's, it, it's a design call. Yeah, it's a design call. They're not they're not letting Braxton read the defense, and if they are, then they need to coach him up that he needs to start keeping it more often. Exactly. But the, the, the way the way they're the the mesh point is, I don't I don't see that as a read. I see that as him giving the ball all the way and carrying out the fake. Exactly. So we lose three yards there. So we're back at the six yard line. We're back at exactly where we started after the great Holston run or the great Holston play. And fourth down, it's where Trips far, Smith is near, Fahim's in the backfield, and I'm still. They're forming. They're like a cover two. So to me, like they are sitting here, kind of saying, "Well, you're going to have to run something short and quick." Yeah. Um, if you and if you have a scramble drill, we're going to keep two guys in the back of the end zone. So if you're doing any sort of crossers, we're going to have a guys covered there. You know. It looked like maybe Drake was the pass. It looked like he hooked up, but he was right. Like two guys were like this with him. They were just like that. And it was just like, in some chances, you know, you almost just say, as soon as he steps and hitches, just throw it. What if they pick it? You're down 14. If they yep. pick it, at, wor- at best, they're going to be maybe at the 20. At worst, they're going to be inside their own five. Yeah, it was it was held on too long. I know uh, Brock got beat. He was at actually right tackle at the time. He got beat on the edge. Uh, that was you know the sack fumble to close out that that series. But I mean that's trip number two into the red zone into the inside the ten. At one point inside the five, no points. Yeah. Then we have great defensive. You know we we already talked about the Holston scoring on the uh, on the check down there. Yeah. Hold him on third. Get the pick on the uh, Waller gets the interception on the screen. He snipped that thing out. Like get and we we're back inside the ten, guys. We're back inside the ten. We're knocking on the door. There's less than two minutes to go in the game. Less than two minutes to go. I mean, this is the game. Yeah, this is the game. They have one timeout left, and the way we had set in zone, I'm. I highly doubt they could probably cover the 30, 
the 30 to 40 yards they need to get in field goal range. Yeah. Um, uh, Gilbert Gallego is saying our tight ends need to be more involved. Agree with that. But the way that we're playing right now, you can't, you cannot risk taking Gallo and putting him on routes. Well, the if you're going to, you need to leak him out like we've done in the past uh, so many times. And we'll talk about it right now. Let's go ahead and fucking talk about it right now because on this uh, game-deciding drive, we yep. ran up the gut twice, and then we had two sprint outs to the right. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that was our genius fucking plan to get in the end zone. Um, so let's, you know, the up the oh. gut calls are what they are, right? When I call um, Brian... So I called Brian not long after the game ended just to get his feelings on it. And in and the first thing you said was, why in the world are you deciding on the last plays of the game to cut half the field? Like you were living. You were like, I don't get it. Like I, I can't understand that. So I, it was it was so infuriating to me. Um it's a, it's essentially saying we don't it's it's saying two things. It's saying we don't trust our offensive line to give Braxton two and a half seconds to get a read and make a throw. That that's that to me is unacceptable. At, at some point, you got to trust your players to go out there and make a play. They've done it in this game. They fought and clawed and got back into this game. They did not trust quit. the players to make a play. Trust them and give them an opportunity to make that play. Don't cut them off at the knees before the ball is even snapped. And that's what they did with those calls. They cut they cut half the field off and they said, "All right, well, it's an attempt to flood the zone, but there's so many damn defenders already in the zone like it's it's not going to work. You'll get you might get lucky as hell that something comes out there, but Give your quarterback the whole field to work with. If he drops back, he has an opportunity to take off and run. Yep. He doesn't have that with a sprint out that they see coming from a fucking mile away. And the other issue on that is you're also taking whoever's on the left side of the field and your running backs and the tight ends, or at least one of the tight ends, and they're going to be out of the play. So whoever's over, whoever's on the left side of the field because we sprinted right is out. Yep. Whoever's the running back is is completely out. So you are taking two weapons off completely, and essentially you're making it a three on five game. And you didn't leak anyone to the back side of that play. Nope. They had, and that, that's play. where we talk when we talk about tight ends getting involved. That's where we traditionally get the tight ends involved is that yep. we show that sprint action, and then we have either a drag going back across yeah, or yeah. we have a tight end leaking out on the back side of the block. Yep. And we did none of that. We well, did none Ryan of that. Malik. Remember Malik, like the first yeah. year, he scored a couple on those leakers because he just, he down blocked and eventually the linebacker, whoever he was blocking would like get off and just attack the ball. And he would just take like three steps and it was just a easy touchdown. And that would have been a perfect call on third down because yeah. if you if you actually had that because you still had plenty of time to get back up to the line and get a call in there. Yes, you did, but we didn't do it. So there's your three opportunities. And as much as people want to say it could have been a blowout for West Virginia, it's 21 points. That's 42 27. 
max. And I know there's a minimum, but we hit the minimum. We goose egged it. And with that, we're, we're going it, to, it's time because we, we've done it before and we're going it, to, it's going to be a little more hardcore tonight. So I told Brian about 10 minutes before we got on. It's it's the old definition of insanity, right, Brian? Continue to do the same things over and over and expect a different result. Brad Cornelson is insane when it comes to short side field plays. We've seen it since he got here. I can remember I'm going three in three consecutive years. 2019, Kentucky. Was it like third and three, third and two, Brian? We're driving. Yep. It's late. We get a first down. We almost can lock it up, but we've got to get it. And he runs a short side sweep with Hendon Hooker. They sniff it, lose, what, three, four yards. We have to punt. They clearly drive the field, score a touchdown. Last year, and this is the play I talk about a lot, third and three, North Carolina, we're driving. After that horrendous start, we have a chance to go down, cut it to one score with just a few minutes left in the half. He throws a short side screen three yards behind the line of scrimmage to Tavion Robinson, right? Yep. We eat it alive. He's down. The next play is the inside slant that gets broken up. And then it was the Trey Turner play yesterday. And again, short side, box loaded. They eat it alive. And I sit here, and it's it's the same things. His errors from five years ago and subsequent years are continuously the same errors over and over and over again. And that makes me mad because I sit here as a novice at football and can say you, you can't continue to do that. Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, it feels like situationally, and, and, and we've talked about this before, situationally, it's like, he, he he talks himself out of good decisions. It is absolutely infuriating <laughs> just w- watching good drives turn into either three points or no points because mm-hmm. of ineptitude in key situations. Yes. I've just, I, like I said, I feel bad for the, for the offensive players because they really went out there and they played their ass off, especially in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I'll, I'll use the word, a lot of grit from, uh, from the, from the boys out there in the second oh. half. But this, the, it feels like they, they, the staff wasn't, didn't prepare them well enough to start this game. And then key moments in the second half were just, were just killer. They were killer. It's backbreaking. You got, you gotta, you gotta put the ball in the end zone when you have the opportunity. You just have to. And when you have three like that, you've got to get at least two of those three, at least two, because you had them reeling. They were reeling on those last two drives. You can say the one before the half was a screw-up. Those last two, they were reeling. And if you yeah. call the right play on that first and goal, it's a touchdown. Because, But instead, you call a, he called plays that let them regain their footing, get their breath, get their thought process back. And, yeah, and I had no and on the on the drive to in the game, I had no problem with the first down run call because you want to get a little bit more clock. You yeah. want to take a little bit more clock off. So first down, that's a smart play. 
you get inside the five, hopefully with that, you, uh, you get a little clock running or you force them to use their, their timeout. Right. Yep. Um, second down, I didn't like them going back to the well, really, really running essentially the same play again. And then back-to-back sprint outs. Same plays. Uh, you ran the same plays both times. The same play first and second, the same play third and fourth. Like, there's nothing else in the playbook here. There's nothing else that you can come up with to potentially get it in the end zone and win a game. Yeah. I, like I said, I just I, – I really don't like taking away that much of the feel in a, in a key moment. You know, th- there are strategic times where you call the sprint out. I just don't feel like that is where – I, I hate it on on key downs. It, it just it, it seems lazy to me. It seems it seems lazy. Brian, you got anything else you want to say on corn right now? Because I'm gonna go in a little different direction about who I want to rant on. Yeah, go for it. Corn's the easy scapegoat. He is, um, and we've seen it over and over. Okay, but Brian we work at jobs where if people do the same thing over and over and it's wrong, eventually they quit looking at the person who does it and they start looking at the person who's in charge of that person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Justin Fuente. The same things keep happening and it's on his watch. It's on him. You have not went in and corrected your employees problems and it is affecting everyone it is affecting the offensive coordinator it is affecting all of the positional coaches it is affecting the players and it is affecting the fans and it's on you because you should be making the decisions of if you're telling him don't do this anymore let's call these plays and he's not then you need to fire him if it's to the point where, you know, we feel good about the design, we feel good about what we're doing, but, you know, he has these areas where he needs to work on. It's been five years. If he hasn't worked those out yet, if you can't fire him, you need to take away responsibilities from him. And you will not do it. He will not do it. And it's and it's and you know what? And I know it's tough, Justin. You lived with the guy in your 20s when y'all were just getting in the coaching ranks and you lived in the fraternity. It was so cool. But guess what? You're making $4.7 million a year. He's making right at half a million dollars a year. And what we're seeing as a program, especially the last three years, is a average product. We're not used to that. Yep. During a four-year run where Frank was average, people that love Frank said it's time to go. We don't want an average product. And you're giving us an average product, and you're not doing anything about it. You, you were hired to bring the product back to where it was in the late 90s and the entire decade of the 2000s. And we've one time in in that the entire tenure reached that level, and a lot of that was with holdover players from the Beamer era. Yep. Um, at the, I mean, at some point, we got to stop losing games like this that we have no business losing. No business. Um, it, it's, it's really frustrating at this point because – as you said, if the problem is everything, then you need to fire him. And if the problem is the play calling, then you need to do either take over responsibilities or hire yourself a co-coordinator that is just going to call the plays. Or hire somebody on staff. Give Adam Lichtenberg a shot. 
but you got You got You can't do the same thing over and over and expect different results. And that's what you we're can. getting. We're getting different results. And, and, and the thing is, what his what his go back to is well he's had like some of the best offensive seasons in Virginia Tech history. Now first of all, you're comparing that to Brian Steinspring, who ranked under <laughs> several times with NFL talent, son. And the other part is yards are great. Yards are great. Yards without points are meaningless. And that's what he does. He gets yards without points so if you ask me right now would you want to brian would you want to average 538 yards a game but score 29 points or would you want to average 400 a game and score 38 i think the game Point, think pretty easy. points are the only thing that matters if you're not scoring yeah. points i don't give a shit how many yards you put no up. it doesn't because they're empty I've I've seen teams average under 450 yards a game but they're averaging 42 a game like efficiency at some, at, at some point if, if you're putting the ball in the end zone then th- that means either one of two things number one your offense is being efficient number two you probably also are pairing that with a good defense yep and they're giving you the ball in good field position and they did that twice they did that twice yesterday um you know you did and another thing let's go on to the continuing to kind of rant you talked about just the poor job up front getting push we looked in that first quarter, we looked lackadaisical. That was six it looked like it was the first road game they had ever played in their careers. Not even that, Brian. You can have nerves. Usually you see nervous energy. Somebody makes a dumb play, but you see people hyped up, right? Yep. Yep. We didn't look, we didn't look hyped up. And, again, that goes back to Fuente. Your job is to get these guys in a mental state to go out there and want to run through someone. That first offensive play after that screen, which was a brilliant call, the next couple of plays just kind of look like blah, we, we, blah. Why are they behind us? Why can't we get pushed? It's just like, and the thing is with Fuente, we've seen that happen numerous times. We've seen them come out very, very lackadaisical, especially on the offensive side. It takes a quarter and a half, two quarters to really find their footing. And, I'm going to talk about another thing. We're talking a little bit about the offensive line. I know that we've had some trouble. Uh, we, had, we had an injury in this game. We are still a work in progress on the right side. But the big problem I have is on dropbacks on third and long, we are still pulling the damn guard to the backside of the formation in pass pro. Get that shit out of the pass pro scheme. Get it out of there. I don't want to see it. And it's fine. We, gave up, we gave up two sacks on that, and there was about two other quarterback hurries where Braxton's running for his life because of that damn scheme. I mean, this this isn't the season well-oiled machine of an offensive line that we were last year. No. The, the right, right-hand side of that offensive line is still a very, very much a work in progress. Keep it simple. Keep yep. it simple. I got one more thing. I'm going to throw a quote I found on Twitter last night from our buddy Beamer Garage, someone we chat with off and on, and it was this. If the head goal coach really wants this job, he has to make the hard choices. He does. And it's either take the play call and duties away from him, which we spoke of, or you have to let him go. The head coach can take over the play calling, 
and show the passion to stay or he goes down with the ship. So to me, if Justin Fuente really wants this job, that presser tomorrow morning, we're, we better hear changes. Here's my thing, Brian. I don't think we're going to hear a change. I just don't. And no. and with that, it to me, if you're somebody in the media, you would be like, why not? You're averaging this year. What are we averaging? 20, 24 game? 24, like that, right? Yeah. 24 game. 17, yeah, 35 right. is 42. No, 21. 21 on the number. We play North Carolina – who gave up over almost 40 to UVA. We played Middle Tennessee, who is a G5 team, and we gave up a team that's given up 30 to Maryland, who couldn't barely get 20 on Illinois Friday night. There's a problem staring at you. They, the they threw the ball all, all over the field and couldn't get any points. And, you know, our problem is we just we, – we can't manufacture – we, we, we've become so dink and dunk, we, like we can't manufacture big plays – anymore in this offense um you know we, we missed the home run threat that was khalil herbert last year sure. and without the without those big plays and without the ability to really drive the football down the field consistently um you know we look very very much an average offense to a below average offense sure. and i'm you know you you referenced uh beamer auto garage there i'm going to go ahead and uh reference the quote that andy bitter put out there uh, on Twitter, uh, saying it was a weird game because we had really no business winning the game, but we also have no business losing the game. <laughs> it, it, it was a, it was a conundrum there, right? Yeah, we had no business it being close at the end, and then because it was close at the end, and how close we came on multiple occasions to getting the ball in the end zone and coming up with Bupkus. Yep, how do you lose that? And I'm going to say something about Braxton Burmeister here. And this, I'm not, this is not a knock. This is just stating the facts here. Okay. So right now the abilities of Braxton Burmeister, especially in the passing game and driving the football down the field, it's limiting the offense, but at the same time, the skills that Braxton Burmeister brings to the table with his ability to escape and generate yards when nothing's there. Yeah. is also the reason that the offense has had success. So, so we're in a conundrum where he's generating offense that isn't there, but he's also not taking advantage of the potential offense that is there. Yeah, and that's positive. Because how many how many college teams would kill for a guy that can keep plays alive with their feet and if needed, if needed, scramble for 5 to 25 yards at a time? I would say about half the teams in the country would kill for that. And we yeah. have it, but we don't have the offensive staff to, you know, bring it out. Yep. Um, why not spread it out? John, come on. You've watched <laughs> it just as long as we have. You know corn. Yeah, instead of spreading it out, you, uh, you, you run him to half the field. You squeeze down any potential running lanes for Braxton and also any passing lanes for Braxton. So, yeah. Genius. Absolute genius. 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 <laughs> you know, a couple things did come out of fruition. You know, Braxton continues showing the scrambling ability. Um, Blackshear and, and Holston showing their versatility, um, especially in the second half. Uh, yeah, Holston, yeah. B- big big run by uh, Blackshear to get the touchdown. Great, Great job catch. by Holston getting the catch on that dump. 
um, making a guy miss, uh, running through a couple uh, windows to get into the end zone. Because if he would have went down in the, in the five, we would have we'd be talking about four drives and not three. We'd be throwing <laughs> things really. And the other piece, Caleb Smith yesterday, seventy plus yards receiving, and it was one of those things. In that, as, as you were watching, it's like, okay, where, where are these routes just in the normal in the normal offense? They weren't, they weren't. Why do we? Why do we have to be in complete catch up mode for this to come out? Like he looked like a decent stick mover, which is what we all thought he was going to be. And what we need last year when, when when he was getting some some snaps in the early part of the season last year. Like okay, well he's going to come in. He's going to be the stick mover. Um, you know he's got good hands, good body, and he's out there. And he ended up. You know he had a, he had a good game. Um, consistent when targeted, brings the ball in when targeted. Uh, but we, for some reason in the passing game, we just don't get the ball to our playmakers consistently. Well, the sad early part in games. This, the sad part is this: he is a perfect complement to what Trey and Taken do, being explosive, getting in space, <laughs> big play guys. He's the guy, right? Yeah, right. Running them on jet sweeps, screens, having them go downfield. He's that perfect midpoint to where okay, it's third and four. You know, let's send. <laughs> Alpha Pack Zach, watch us not target him the rest of the year. Listen, write that down. <laughs> Vegas, and see if you can find a line for Caleb Smith over under receptions. Take the under. But it's that whole piece of if you have those guys trying to do explosive things, getting downfield, and you third and four. Well, okay, he's your bailout, right? But still, don't be afraid to run those other guys over the top on deeper plays. Because yeah. if nothing else, you're going to make his job easier. But, you know, I think we're digressing about that sort of stuff, Brian. That's okay. But, I mean, let's wrap up a little bit here on the offense. I, I think we've kind of talked about it a little bit. But the big thing is that, you know, zero energy out the gate. Um, felt really inconsistent with the play calls. Weren't executing well. Um, situationally, we were also... Well, situationally, situationally is always like that. <laughs> Very rarely, situationally, do we absolutely kill it. Yeah, it's usually yeah. below average to severely below average. On it's, it's it's either scary season or like oh that was not what we wanted. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. All right, guys. Before we do take a look at the defensive side of the ball, we are going to take a quick pause and have a message from our digital partners. All right, folks, we're back here. Uh, we're going to move over to the defensive side of the ball. We kind of wanted to out the gate focus on offense because we feel like that was where where things really – that's where we lost the game. That's that's where the game was decided. Defense, yeah, kind of a tale of two halves. Um, we had a uh, pretty pretty rough go of it to start out with, uh, especially the, uh, the opening play for the West Virginia Mountaineer offense. Well, seventy-five yard touchdown run from Letty Brown, someone we mentioned. Yeah, good back. We mentioned his name, a thousand yard rusher last year, Brian. And that play, you got it. Brian's got the note here. They schemed Dax out of position, and it was easy. And the first thing I saw on Twitter, and it was hilarious, Brian, was Dax sucks. And I'm texting you. I'm like, wasn't Dax doing his job? Because if he stays where he is, they're going to flip that to the tight end. And that tight end is going to have a huge seam to run up. So it was one of those, he's doing his responsibility. His responsibility, if he comes across, go with him. 
so, so a couple things here. Um, you know, it looks like there was a little miscommunication between, I think it was Tay, Tay Daly and, uh, and Dax there as far as who was going to pick up the tight end as he flexed out in motion. Um, the bigger problem to me is that at the point of attack, Tisdale got blocked and Nasir Peoples was a little bit early in kind of getting into a fit. And then unfortunately he was where Letty wasn't big hole. Uh, Dax tried to come back across the formation a little bit late there, got his hands on him, but that was about all he could do Yeah, off to the races. And touchdown. A, a after what we had done on offense with the huge screen, and then um, basically nothing after that. And that crowd was electric. Oh yeah, they 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 punched us in the mouth there, and they they went from ten to eleven real quick. Heck yeah! And, and again on that play, it's it was a great design by them, and a little miscommunication by us, and wrong gap fit. It is what it is. So you you brush yourself off. We did not see any other runs like that the rest of the day. But Letty Brown continued to get us in multiple ways. I think the guy was about 180 all-purpose, which is pretty crazy. And we talked about – you talked about his pass-catching ability. And that was on display along with his speed. So, you know yeah. – and his, and yeah, his, he, had a, he had a big damn game. Um, he had huge game, huge game. And, yeah. I mean, I know I know half the rushing yards came on that one play, but, I mean, he was still consistent the rest of the night as well. The All rest right. of the afternoon, I should say, as well. And, I mean – Really, I mean, great game by him. We we had a, we did a pretty good job of slowing him down in the second half, but the, the first half, he kind of owned us. Yes, he did. All right, then their next drive, after we go three and out, where we looked blasé on offense, like literally, I think that you texted me vanilla ice cream, Brian. Um, <laughs> you're like, Why, what are we doing here? Like, we're down. They just hit us in the mouth. Think of something. They come it, back. It looked exactly like – one of those early series against Middle Tennessee State last week that we called vanilla as hell, and it was round two of that. Vanilla and, against a team with division, a lot more division one players, and yeah. whatever you want to think of West Virginia and what they do, they did have one of the best defenses in the Big 12 last year with some really good players. Yep. So, you know, you, you can't come out vanilla. All right, but back to the defense. So we punt. They start moving the ball. They get about to midfield. And they take a shot. And it was a little stutter move. Armani bit on it. We're in man right there. We're not yeah. in the zone. Um, a big, I'm big. It was cover one. We had Nasir yeah. Peoples deep. Everybody else was manned up. Um, Armani bit a little bit on the, on the stutter. I actually had really good recovery. Um, he was still in position to make the play. There was a little bit of push off by the receiver. But Armani did not turn around to make a play on the ball, probably why they let that go. And that was yep. a good catch by the by the West Virginia wide receiver there. And they got a touchdown. They're up 14 uh, And we look like we can't do shit. And they are just fucking moving the ball up and down the field on us. They're absolutely rolling, you know, right there. And the one thing I, 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 and I put on here, are we really in man? This is an air raid concept. It's a power air raid concept. Y'all saw how they ran the ball. The air raid was created by Hal Mummy in the 1990s to offset 
when you don't have the most talented receivers and you're playing better defensive backs, it is a concept to take advantage of that. Because if you have really good corners, you can consistently be in man coverage. It takes advantage. We saw Jay Ham starting to go to the zone scheme where in really the last few years of Bud's tenure, a lot of those man concepts, if we go back to ECU, Brian, when Lincoln was there, he would eat us alive when Bud go cover zero. Eat us alive. Yeah, zero would one. He would, it, would, it would be rough. I mean, it would be a rough and, afternoon. And to us to come out and man against it, it was almost like this thing of if they're going to hit you, they're going to probably try to hit you early. I'm one of these, force them to drive, especially after what we saw both in North Carolina and Middle Tennessee State. They had some drives, but since we were primarily sitting in different zone schemes and zone coverages, they'd get about to the 30, and then when the shots couldn't be taken, they couldn't go anywhere. Because essentially the field got smaller, the guys who were running the back end, okay, we don't need to send 15 or 20 yards off. We can say – you know, we or we don't need to be twenty five to thirty yards off. We could stay in ten to fifteen because they don't have as much room behind us. Yeah, and we didn't now, do it. We had worked so well, and I didn't get it. Yeah, it was kind of a flip of what we saw last week in the first half, where we were stubbornly sticking to playing off and all this stuff, and then in this week we were kind of stubbornly sticking to uh, to man late here as well. So we finally got back to a little more zone against them as as the game progressed. Um, you know, we, we had talked about some of the knife concepts that they like to run, um, to the twin side and they, they took advantage of that. Some early in the game, got us in some mismatches. Um, you know, then we had the, uh, the drive that got them up to, uh, 21, uh, when they, when they took the, when they got the third touchdown, that was some of the worst tackling uh, I've seen this season. Uh, It's not some of the worst tackling I've seen this team do. I mean, that, that, (laughs) that was reserved for 2018 and 2020, but um, (laughs) it was some, it was some pretty bad tackling on that drive. Uh, We had had Connor try to go for a kill shot and then they ended up getting a first down. Um, Then later Connor was matched up in the slot. Uh, They threw that little quick hitch and he came in out of control, missed the tackle, ends up scooted in for the touchdown there. So um, we had a couple other interior plays where I think Dax missed one tackle. I think Tisdale missed a tackle. Yeah. Um, we missed so That was just tackles. a bad drive for tackling overall, and we, we got to clean that up because we had done a pretty good job of tackling and bringing guys down, uh, you know, once we have got in position through the first two weeks. So it was disappointing to see a little bit of backslide there, even though we did clean a lot of that up in the second half. We did. And it was super noticeable. My buddy Mike from work actually hit me up, and he's like, did we bring back 2018 tackling drills? Because it was so significantly noticeable the first two games, how we weren't missing tackles. It was forms. It was, And it's one of those things It's like you want guys to be jacked right, but you don't want guys to be doing dumb things that can potentially – help the other team and that's what yeah. happened on that drive especially and and some people can say well you know well the first two drives well the first two drives they hit us with bombs yeah there was no chance to tackle on these drives we start changing things up putting us in good positions to make tackles to stop them and we just whiff it's like they reverted like okay we need to hit these guys hard they're beating us like no we need to hit these guys and get them down because they're beating us it means that they get more points it's going to become tougher. 
got to limit the bleeding. I think that's the big thing we were in the, the point now where if we can stop the bleeding, we might have something. And then you get that touchdown. They get the field goal. I mean, it, it was a, a very demoralizing first half, but on both sides of the football. Uh, and the fact that it was as close as it was, um, you know, really is a testament to some of the second quarter adjustments that, that Justin Hamilton made. And then obviously when we go into the second half, I mean, that was a completely different looking defense. I mean, I know they had a bend don't break drive to open things off, and then they really locked shit down after that. It's true, but uh, Brian, what did we? What did we just? What did I just say when we were going? In, when and you you said it. We we started getting back in the zone concept in that early drive. They got down to the twenty seven. The deep shots weren't there. Yep. Easy for us to stop. They stopped. They hit a forty four yard field goal. That's all the scoring they did in the second half. That's yep. all the scoring they did in the second half. I mean. And we dominated time of possession in the second half. Dominated huh? time. Of, we dominated time of possession in the second well, half. We won it for the whole game. We yeah, won it for the we, whole it game. Was, really it was completely dominant in the second half. But the whole piece is like you have this you have this defense in place that will stop this type of offense, and it took you a whole half. Give again, give Hamilton credit to say, nope, we got to go back to this to have any shot, and it worked. And you know. We, we, we look on here and defense continued to step up, making stops, making their drives short, not getting them big plays. And then, you know, you had the sack fumble by yep. Garvin and Tisdale. We already hit on it a little bit. Tawan Garvin has played great. And, um, for yeah, through all- one week, I was looking at Amari Barno as being the star of that defensive line, but really through three games, it's been Taiwan Garvin. Well, Barno um, had a play- was an over yesterday. Nothing on the stats. I mean, we saw him out there getting attention, and maybe that's what he is right now. He's an attention getter, which is good for the other guys to feast on the line. It's helping Taiwan Garbett get get those one-on-ones, and he's taking advantage of it. He's had three really good games so far. Um, you know, he had a good game against UNC, just, you know, Barno had a better game overall. But Garbett has been steady player, playing at a high level through three, three games. I really like what I'm seeing from him. And, you know, hopefully we get Barno back on the stat sheet um, as, as we keep going along here. But overall, I, I, I'm happy with the defensive uh, play. Um, you know, you the take adjustment. away the one. Don't say the play. The adjustment. Because the play in the first half was atrocious. The adjustment and those guys buying in and still playing their butts off. Yeah. I mean, playing their butts off to give us a chance at the end to win should not be looked down upon. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and 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 they they really went out there and make plays and, and while we're talking about making plays, the Waller oh, interception went from our chances were very slim to our chances are pretty good. Obviously we did make the most of them, but nope. our chances went from slim to very good of getting the ball into a range where we could put it in the end zone. Yep. I mean in that play he sniffed it. He, where he was is he sniffed that play out. Um, the way Waller has played through three games, outside and inside, he is slowly making himself a little more money every week. He, he's, he's making a case for at least two-day, probably day one uh, in the draft. And, 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 and that's, that's – a credit to him for getting healthy and working hard and coming back in and just playing the, his style of game. 
Um, he's been aggressive when he needs to be. He's been tight in coverage when he needs to be. Uh, he's really been doing doing everything that you can ask of him. He's been playing in the slot against some of the the, uh, the more athletic slot receivers of West Virginia and uh, North Carolina. And doing a good job. Um, and doing a very good job, yes. I mean, because nowadays – a nickel back in the NFL are guys who are getting paid somewhere between like seven and ten million. Where, you know, years ago the nickelback was the lowest man on the totem pole, right? Like, yeah, yeah you're like the third string guy, or you're like the second string guy that can play okay when they go through. Uh, well, you were matching up with like the Aaron Moorheads of the world in yep. you know the, the early two thousands. Now you're matching up with probably at least the second best receiver on the team, if not the best. Very true, man. Very a lot of true. times, I mean, the, the slot has really come along, went from kind of that, you know, extra wrinkle to an impact position, uh, very much like the tight end has. So uh, the, the guys that work inside the, the numbers and inside the hashes are really the some of the better athletes on the field now. And the fact that Waller can slide in and just lock up at both those positions is, is really impressive and is going to make yeah. him some money. Exactly. So overall, defensive, an average day. I'm not a a borderline F first half, a borderline A second half, um, and and you know what where it frustrates you is you see a guy who is in his second year coordinating a side of the ball make adjustments that quickly. That's where it frustrates you because. The other guy has been a offensive coordinator in title close to nine, ten years now, and he doesn't. And it, and, and yep, we're we're going back where we were twenty minutes ago, y'all. But it has to be done because we're, we're circling back because it's, the big problem, the big consistent problem with the games like this, where we lose to an opponent that on paper we should at least match up against and we come out and lay eggs against, it, it goes back to the coordinator. I mean, we can't keep saying, well, execution, well, execution. Yeah, but at some point, the coach is responsible for some of this, right? Well, the coach is either The coach didn't get them prepared where they were comfortable to execute in the game, or they're delivering them uh, play calls that aren't good in the situation that they're facing. Well, that, that's, the, that's the point right there. They're getting a play call that even if they execute it perfectly, the results are going to be minimal. Well, no, it's it, it's almost more. They're giving them a play call where they have to they have to execute perfectly in order for it to be a success. And that should not like, be. Why why are we putting our players in like zero margin for error situations? Well, you've talked about that when when you played that your head coach last OC. His goals, it seemed like every time when he called a play was, the goal of the play is even if a few people mess up, we're going to have a positive outcome. Something's going to be there. Yeah. And it seems like for us is if a few people mess up, it is usually, I'm not going to say catastrophic, although sometimes, you know, the Trey Turner to me was catastrophic. When we were at the three, we went back to the six, which, you know, completely changed the game the, the play calls so yeah. it's always it's always a setback the plays that have to be executed where every single person has to execute perfectly or it's not going to be a good play 
continued setbacks. And when you go continued setbacks, what happens? This play sheet gets smaller. Well, we can't from the six, we only can do this, this, and this. So, you know, again, I hope tomorrow, I'm, I'm sure me and you, Brian, while we're at work, we're going to probably, if they stream it, please stream it. Please stream the press conference tomorrow because I don't have time in my day. We are, we have, we have real world jobs. We have families we like to spend time with. We do. <laughs> we eat dinner. Kids have homework. Other kids, we have activities. Please stream it so not at three o'clock as we're rushing to get off work and do things. We're trying to find it to to put it on triple speed so we can hear everything as fast as possible. Stream it live. Unless I have a meeting tomorrow. If I have a meeting tomorrow, I don't care. But I don't That's think right. I have a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> Ryan, uh, um, we were true mid in our picks this week. There we go. Five, five, you can five, either five. take us or you can flip a coin, ladies and gentlemen. You're right. Brian, 16 <laughs> 16 on the year. I'm at 15 17. We whiffed on UCF Louisville. That was a heck of a game. The pieces yeah. I call Friday night. Um, Manny Diaz is officially on the hot seat. Yeah. If they lose to Michigan State by like three, okay. They got Solid Big Ten team, you know, yeah. You can't go out there and get shellacked by Michigan State. Hammered. What was it, 38-17? Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't put that one out there. Um. So the U is not back. The U is, you know, they're, believe it or not. I, I'll, I'll say I was wrong about this team. I thought they were going to be – I thought they were going to take a step. I thought they were going to be right there with, um, with UNC and us to, you know, Win the coastal. Well, they're still in it, though, Brian. They played three out of conference games. They it's could. true. They, they, mean, they still have the chance to win the coastal, but they are not a team that is going to press Clemson at all. And even though, let's talk about Clemson laying a dud against Georgia Tech, but still coming away yeah. with the win. Well, come away with, but I think those delays screwed that up. I mean, I mean, what time did that game end? It started at three thirty. It ended what like nine? Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was it was it was ridiculous. Uh, so, um. It really gave Georgia Tech any any and all chances that they possibly had to to pull a miracle. I, I still don't know what Georgia Tech what what, what Georgia Tech is. Um, no, we I, don't. I, know they, they're still Tech the most is. confounding team in the history of college football. Brian, you might take them off the board right next week. I mean, I'm Yates, Yates, like a, we're not we're not picking Georgia Tech. I refuse to. <laughs> Brian's gonna be like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna find some random. Brian's going to look at a D3 game and pick it before he picks a Georgia Tech. If you Tech say game. Georgia Tech, I say pass. <laughs> um, Brian, the FSU. We picked the hand in Sydney game. <laughs> uh, the FSU weight game. I mean, FSU. I had somebody send me a message. or They might hey, win three games this year. Um, Hold on. Let me get it. It's my cousin down in South Carolina, if you're listening tonight. um, He sent me a. Where is it here? So they're 0-3, first time since 76, Bobby's first year there. Yep. Um, and they might not win two games. Um, because all right, Louisville next week. Louisville, after looking at competent the first two weeks, look more competent. They look um, like they can beat FSU. Yep. <laughs> you know the way it looks? It's literally Syracuse and UMass. Like the way UNC looked last night, I think they're gonna lay the hammer on them. 
Clemson's going to lay the hammer. Um, I think NC State's defense can stop them. Yeah. Um, well, maybe they maybe they beat Miami or be like it's it's one of those things though that it's kind of sad because yeah. college footballs you y'all can throw something and you can hate me all you want. When Miami and FSU are good, college football is better. The, throw Nebraska in there too. When they're good programs, college football is a better sport in general. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, they lost by twenty-one. And I know Wake's a pretty solid team this year, but the athletes that shouldn't lose by twenty-one. They just shouldn't. Um, what else, Brian? Here, uh, the battle of the smart teams. Um, Brian, I won that one. I, I picked Duke, guys. Can can someone explain Duke to me? You got anything? <laughs> Duke, like, Duke is now your Georgia Tech. <laughs> that's true, man. Um, a a Brian. Yep. Temple got slaughtered. We cannot oh, talk about wrong. that. I was wrong on that one. Hey, you said outright win. If you would have just taken, I said, I said that was my degree. potential upset of the week. I didn't say outright win, but I said you that said was out. a potential upset. You upset. said upset. You would be quiet. Now I, I'm gonna say this: three of the bigger ranked games, we crushed that. So, and we agreed on well, we agreed on two of the three: Auburn, Penn State. Penn State wins by eight. Um, you know, if, if not, I, I'm still trying to figure out Auburn. They have some good running backs and it's Bo Nix doing dumb stuff. Um, the Florida Bama game. Well, can we go back real quick to Auburn? Okay. The fade. Okay. I must've missed that last night. <laughs> it was the, uh, the fourth down call and, the, and they, and they call a fade. So, oh, why didn't we I, run one? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, okay, well, that's a decent third down call, but it's a fourth down call and you give your quarterback exactly one read. Well, can I say something? I would have rather given us the fade than the sprint out on fourth down. I'll agree with that. <laughs> because I know Tay and Trey can go make that play. And I know um, BB can throw us a pretty good fade. I know yeah. it'll, at least be, it'll at least be there where they have a potential to make a play. Exactly. Um, the Florida Bama game, I missed the first half, but to see the way Florida fought back in the swamp yeah. was electric. I mean, Bama is a flawed team. I, I don't, I don't think anybody out west can catch them. I just, I don't think. Somebody asked me, do they think Pittman's for real? We'll learn about Arkansas. I think when they play A&M, although A&M's yeah. freshman quarterback's done pretty much until November. Um, but I feel like Bama can be gotten. And Florida had the right ideas. It just took them a quarter and a half and willing to adjust to get there. Yep. They, um, they, were a little, they were a little slower than they needed to be adjusting. They didn't have a great initial game plan. Yeah. Um, but everything they did in-game – took away what Alabama likes to do, and that's what you have to do. Very true. And then the late night, probably the one if we had recorded last night, we would have been watching BYU Zona. Um, BYU wins again. Bad day for the Pac-12. Um, their ranked team, two of their ranked teams lost. Um, I feel like an F- they've had another FCS loss too, so not great there. But, hey, we're average this week. Um, continue to come here. 
anybody wants to take one of our parlays, go for it. Um, anything breaking, Brian? Anybody gotten fired? Anything? <laughs> you know, you hope like wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. No, no, we haven't. We haven't seen the uh, the old kick in the boot to uh, to Brad Cornelson yet. So, unfortunately, he is still our offensive coordinator at least until tomorrow. Well, but unfortunately, probably longer than that. Probably longer than that. Um, <laughs> probably until this regime is done. And if if history is is telling us anything, um, then yeah, he's he's going to be riding it out until until he's done. Um, until it's done. Because and, 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 and this is what I'll say for Justin Fuente: doing this is going to make him a less desirable candidate at his next job. Because I think, there's going to be yeah, that's, that's, that's there, and they're going to look at, it and they're going to ask him, Brian, Justin, when parts of your team are failing continuously, what are you going to do? And what's he going to say, Brian? What can he say when they say, "Why didn't you fire that guy?" I tell him to try harder, use grit, stick to itiveness, and try harder. <laughs> um, sir. Now, getting- now, now, what he needs to do is do what Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame, and. Fire half your staff and bring in new guys that can that have proven to get the job done somewhere else, and keep the train of moving. Um, he had he had three times to do that. He had to do it. He had a chance to do it after eighteen, after nineteen, and after twenty. He didn't. Yep, he didn't. And that's on him. That's why I'm saying I'm almost past the corn stage. It's all it's corn's fault because he's got a boss, and his boss is essentially letting him do what he wants. That is what it is. Yeah. Can right. we get an offensive consultant in there again? No, because there'll be a fight again. I want to fight. Fight was good. The fight did get us riled up. Heck of a heck of a heck of a string of uh, wins and stuff there. All right, y'all. I think we're going to be wrapping this up because we got work tomorrow, and it ain't. You know, Wednesday night. It's Monday. It's not Thursday or Friday morning. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Visit our website at BoundaryCornerBT.com to listen to all of our episodes. While you're there, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. We do have a YouTube account. Check it out, folks. And your favorite podcast source, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, any of them, we are there. Um, As always, without our buddy Jason Long, play us in, play us out. And as always, Brian, let's go. Hokies!